Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Odin's Movie Blog. I am the critic who is a cynic. Hope you are doing well. And today, I am joined by three amazing people. They are my chosen of Valhalla. They are the people that are here every single stream, but also, too, they, they help me out financially as well. And so every month, we have a stream featuring my chosen of Valhalla, where we talk about movies and pretty much anything going on currently in the pop culture news. And this month, we actually have someone brand new to the Channel. And so we'll start off with him. So, Mr. Roy, how are you doing, good sir? I'm uh, doing pretty good. Awesome. Mr. Roy is one of my D Live fam. Uh, he usually <laughs> holds down the fort over there. Uh, he is the captain, one of my captains over there. And so, have you been, because did you find the channel through D Live or had you been following the channel through YouTube first? Uh, I started watching you off and on probably since Aquaman came out. Okay. And then. When I heard you're going over to D Live, I, I moved over to D Live and started watching you over there. Okay. Do you watch any other content over on D Live? I uh, started watching the quartering over D Live. Oh, ah, okay. I, I started watching your stuff, and then I started watching um, the kill streams over there. Oh, that's where the kill streams are. I'm always wondering where the kill streams are hosted, and I'm assuming that they are they're 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 hosted like to multiple sites at the same time, kind of like what I do. Yeah, because I believe they got kicked off of YouTube. So. <laughs> I can't imagine why. I can't imagine why. <laughs> Maybe they got false flagged. Who knows? Um, but <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, this month. And I really do appreciate you being here, man. All right. We also have joining us once again, Rosetta Allen, who is not feeling too well today, but she wanted to join us anyway to have some conversations. So Rosetta, how are you feeling? Yeah. Mm, I'm here. <laughs> You're alive, right? Yep, but I'm weighted down under cats. There we go. Yeah, she was showing us earlier. She's literally got all of her cats on her right now, basically saying, no, mama, you can't leave. You got to stay in bed. <laughs> yeah, animals are precious. <laughs> they really are. But thank you for being here. I know that you've gone through a lot, and I don't know how much you want to share with the people or not, but yeah. Oh, Basically, right now, most everybody knows because we publicly posted about it. Okay. While I was visiting with Chris Knight in Kansas City, we were in a hit and run on the extension of the highway. Oh, my goodness. And she hit my door. So it jarred the damage I have in my spine from childhood Mm -hmm. and bruised the spinal column. Mm -hmm. How long do they (laughs) say you have to be in bed? Oh, I don't technically have to be in bed. I have to baby it, but it takes a couple months for bruised bones to heal. So it's going to suck for a while. (laughs) And then I'm sick on top of it, so I'm coughing against the bruised bones. (laughs) Mm. Now, are the cats helping in this by weighing it down or? They're weighing my legs down. That's not too bad. (laughs) Okay, that's good. That's good. (laughs) But anyway, we, of course, we hope that you get well very soon because uh, every every stream, I feel like something has happened and I always feel so bad. I freaking have the last couple of months. I have just got a lot of crap out of me. <laughs> Holy crap! But you still show up though, and that's that's amazing. Oh, I'm stubborn and bullheaded. They ain't nothing gonna <laughs> hold me down as long as I'm living. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of us, because I, I, as, as I'm sure, no one could ever tell that I'm boneheaded or, or hardheaded at all. No one could ever say that about nah. me. I'm not a hardheaded person at all. I don't. Nah. I don't stick to my ways or my guns or anything. No, no, you're. Nah. Nice, te- even tempered, easygoing guy, <laughs> and I'm a sweet, innocent angel who never says a cross or crude word. <laughs> On this channel, okay? yes. On this channel, that is true. 
on this channel is that is true. <laughs> That's what the mute button is good for. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you once again for joining us, and I hope that you do feel better soon. Thank you. And of course, lastly, but certainly not leastly, and yes, I'm making that into a word, we have joining us once again, one of my chosen, but also one of my Valkyrie as well. Uh, she is amazing. You know her. You love her. You see her in the comment section literally right now saying hi to Dimajani. Dimajani, how's it going, man? She's always pulling double duty, it seems. Uh, and that, is, of course, is Tina. Tina, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I've had, had my coffee, had breakfast. The sun is shining, even though it's cold. So I'm in a good mood today. That's good. It's it's good to be that way. It's good. And how cold is it right now up where you are? Well, it's just like low 30s, mm. but I am keeping my four weeks from today. I will be in Miami getting ready oh. to board my next ship. So. Yes, that's right. The cruise queen. Yes. Tina out on another venture. And where are you traveling to this time? Well, out of Miami, brand new ship, Norwegian Encore. Uh, she's about two or three months old right now. Okay. Uh, so we will be going to San Juan, Puerto Rico, Ooh. fingers crossed, because with the earthquakes, uh, that's right. Uh, they've had the earthquakes on the south side of the island. So San Juan occasionally has uh, power outages, but we're only going to be there for like six and a half hours in the evening. Okay. So uh, me and a friend from some other cruises, we're just going to kind of walk around and do like hit a couple of bars, a couple of restaurants, have some apps and then head back to the ship just right around in the port area. Mm -hmm. And then San Juan, uh, St. Thomas Virgin Islands, which oh. I've been to before, but I'll probably just stay on the ship. But I love St. Thomas. And then on my birthday, we will be in Tortola, British Virgin Islands. And a few of us are going to share a taxi, go over to a beach called King Garden Bay and just kind of relax a little bit. And then a bunch of us are going to celebrate my birthday that evening at the uh, steakhouse on yeah. board the ship. What kind of steakhouse is it? Uh, it's called Cagney's. It's kind of the one of the main uh, specialty restaurants that Norwegian Cruise Line has. Mm -hmm. And you can get... Uh, steaks, veal chops, mm -hmm. lamb chops, uh, baby back. Um, I don't think you call them baby back ribs with the lamb, the lamb ribs. Okay, gotcha. And uh, they have the different size, although it's really weird that they're a steakhouse and they don't have asparagus, which is <laughs> it's kind of one of those things steakhouses have. So, but anyway, yeah, and two, we'll have three sea days all together and then back to Miami again. Wow. So, so you'll be getting out of this cold weather that we yes. have up here. Yes. Some of that, <laughs> some of that nice sun and uh, little milder temperatures at the very I least. I know. I'm looking forward to it. We have heard that they've been hitting some rough waters mm. uh, from people that have been on the same itinerary. So I'll I'll have my seasickness bands and, you mm. know, all that kind of stuff with me. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's very, very cool. And uh, always great to hear your stories from the cruises because oh. – <laughs> I mean, I want to hear mostly about that steak because as we all know on this channel, for some reason, 
<laughs> we have a lot of people that are obsessed with with the cuts of steak and how we get our steak cooked. And and you you've made it clear that you're you're more on that medium rare side, right? Yes, yes. My mother taught me to eat medium rare because that was what she always got. I used to eat well done, and she was like, "You can't. You can barely taste the what the steak is supposed to taste like." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now everyone in the chat is literally going after me for it, uh, for, for <laughs> the way I get my steak cooked. All right, there's nothing wrong with medium well. Okay, it's, it's fine. Well, I, I happen to think, however, a person wants to eat their steak, eat it. As long yeah. as as long as it makes you happy, that's that's the important thing. Yeah, as long as you're eating meat and pissing off a vegetarian, eat it. <laughs> as long as you're making them feel right. hey. This is smelling delicious, but I can't say that to anyone because sorry, sorry. that would be admitting too sorry, much, right? Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Oh, way. it's okay. It's okay. Uh, let me <laughs> shout out some people in the chat real quick. We got Frank the Tank and the Shanghai Wiener Dog Clan in the chat. We got Teresa Martin. How's it going, Teresa? We've been having some uh, nice conversations uh, behind the scenes. Uh, Dory the Hobbit is here as well. Gregory Moodley is here. Uh, Peter Sharon is here. GMuggy76. Martha, my dear, is here as well. Grandmaster Yoda is here. Bruce is here. The CJH is here as well. I think I got Soul Assassin. I'm not sure. Christian Hamill is here also. Josue uh, Vagia is here. Rob D is here also. Uh, Tina's letting everyone know how I can see your comments. Glinzer is here in the chat as well. Uh, we've got Keck44 here also. Dimogeni, as I mentioned earlier, is in the chat too. Um, oh, let's see. Ter- Serbian Terminator is in the chat uh, saying good afternoon. Alex McCarthy says, Odin, beware of the clankers. Yes, always beware of the clankers. Serbian Terminator then asks the question, did you know in Doctor Sleep, Jack Torrance was played by Elliot from E.T.? I did not actually know that. I did not make that connection. Huh. Had any of y'all, have any of y'all seen Doctor Sleep? No. No. <laughs> Well then, that was well. That was very. That was a very simple question. So, I have seen Doctor Sleep. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. But yeah, if anyone doesn't know, they actually show scenes from the original film. But instead of showing stock footage, they actually reshoot them with different actors portraying uh, the different. And I actually think their casting choices were pretty good. Uh, they're not perfect. Obviously, it's not Jack Nicholson on screen uh, or any of the other actors that are in the original Shining film, but. Uh, I did not know that the person, the actor that played Jack Torrance uh, in the flashback scenes was actually the original actor who played Elliot in E.T. That's interesting. Oh, and he's starting to do a lot of horror because he was in that Netflix Haunting of uh, Hill House. Really? Was he now? Yeah, he played the dad in that. But he played the younger version of the dad. uh, And then they had, oh, shoot, Timothy, can't think of his last name, played uh, the dad in the older version. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I was like, yeah, he started to do, do a lot of horror. He even played a young Norman Bates in Psycho 4. Oh. I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah. How many psychos they ended up making? Like, like five or six? I think they've had about five because they, they yeah. had three, theat- three theatrical releases. Mm-hmm. I think Showtime did a version. And then, of course, there's the, the Bates Motel TV series, which I really enjoyed. I've I, heard good things. Yeah. They stayed fairly faithful while they updated it, but stayed fairly faithful mm-hmm. to the source. So I enjoyed it because yeah. I would have been nitpicking it to pieces. Yeah, Absolutely. Glad to hear that it's good, though. 
Uh, seventy six says, don't invite Odin to get a steak. He'll turn it into charcoal. <laughs> well, then. Guess what? I like him well done. You like him medium well. Who's worse? There you go. Oh, in, in their eyes, you would be worse. Because, oh, I can't wait to see those comments. Uh, see, Alice McCarthy <laughs> says, no blood on the steak. Darn right. Uh, I, I like a little bit. A little bit of pig is fine. And they can, by the way, give me all the crap they want. My, <laughs> because of my stomach, I have to make sure there's nothing that could be yeah. more sensitive or anything to it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And, th- and that's one of the reasons why I usually get mine medium well at the very least. Because I've tried medium rare before. And the one time I did, I got sick. So that I, it's not like I do it for any other reason other than I just want to make sure that all of the stuff gets cooked out. And as you said, some people medically kind of have to. So... Yeah, no, no hate for the uh, the well done crowd here. Uh, Slice of Neon says the Valks are a medium rare breed. That's right. <laughs> both Tina and Steph are both in that medium rare breed life. That's absolutely for sure. Uh, Joshua Tika is in the chat. How is it going? How are you doing? Um, let's see. Bruce is here. Uh, Barcelona twelve is here. Super fan Adam Shawhan says the way you eat steak is fine, buddy. That is how the clan eats it too. Boom. There you go. And when the Hell clan. Yeah. And when the clan eats the steak, they eat it quite well. Uh, Out of start with the rally says, top of the day, good sir. How art thou? I am doing quite well. How art thou? Uh, Alex McCarthy recommends Bates Motel. But you know what? Alex McCarthy likes a lot of really bad stuff, too. So Yeah, I was going to say his taste kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'll, I'll take Tina's like word. I'll take, I'll take Tina's word. <laughs> I trust Tina. I don't trust Alex's word. Yeah, so. ditto. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway, so we are going to go ahead and start off with the question that I normally start off uh, these streams with, and that is, of course, what have y'all been watching recently? So, Mr. Roy, since you are the new one this month, what you been watching recently? Any television or movies? Uh, I got my Netflix subscription back, so I watched Claws, which is actually pretty good. Okay, is that the animated Christmas film that got a lot of nominations for the uh, Ravens? Yes. Okay. Then how'd you uh, like it? I, I really liked that. I wish I would have picked it over How You Dream Your Dragon 3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, so you voted before getting to see it? Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I need to figure out a way to eventually get it where you can, like, uh, you can rescind your vote and change it after time. But I think that the version, that like, the site I'm using, Crowdsource, uh, doesn't have that option at this point in time. Uh, unless I would then let people vote like a thousand times, in which case um, it could be problematic. But okay, so Klaus was good. That's good to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on the Irishman and then on the Witcher series right now. Okay. What do you think about the Witcher series so far? Uh, I really don't like it. <laughs> really? Really? Okay. And what what uh, don't you like about it? it um, so far, it's just kind of boring. And then mm. I, I mean, I, I'm not a big TV guy. Like I thought the Mandalorian was also boring. Yeah. <laughs> Well, to be fair, The Mandalorian did have a lot of boring parts. That's for sure. Yeah, that's, I, did, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. But it's you know it's always good to get different takes on that because most people that I've talked to have liked it, but there's always going to be people out there that see something that we don't see. And uh, I think that that's a show that for me, I like it a lot because I was just expecting it to be bad. And then it wasn't. Like, it wasn't as bad uh, as I thought it was going to be. Just and- go back to what... Um- Jeremy said that night when you about fell out of your chair. The low standards by the time you've gotten to Mandalorian. That's true. 
Yes, that is that is true, right? When you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> when you have low standards already set, it's like, oh man, this is this is gold in comparison. But also, I think another reason why I like it more, because I could be honest with my opinion here, subjectively, I enjoy it more because of the fact that the critics hate it, because of the fact that everyone's calling it out for being like misogynistic, etc. And I'm like, well, that makes me enjoy it more because it makes you angry. <laughs> yeah, I just can't get over how cutesy they made stuff. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so Witcher series, and then I heard you say you're working through The Irishman, and I, yeah, I, as someone I that's seen it, it's, yeah, it's a work. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not a big mafia movie guy. Mm. I mean, yeah, I got about 15 minutes until I'm like, this isn't interesting, but I'll, I'll try to get through it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long one, man, and, and I know a lot of people that literally had did what you did, where they just break it up into smaller parts. And it's apparently a lot more digestible that way. I watched it just all the way through because that's how I watch things. But uh, after watching the extended edition of Hateful Eight, which is broken up actually by Netflix into episode, like in an episodic fashion, um, it's actually really cool how they can do that sometimes. I kind of, I'm kind of wondering if they will do that with Irishman. I doubt it because I don't think Scorsese would let them. But it could be interesting. So anything uh, else you've been watching though, Klaus, Irishman, anything uh, else? Let's see. I did get a copy of um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm about to probably watch it probably today or tomorrow. Very cool. So you haven't seen that one yet? No. Okay. I was one of the few movies I missed out on at the theaters, mm-hmm. unfortunately. That's one, too, where I think that you'll find a lot of the parts of it like slower and boring. But when you get to the ending, I think the ending makes it all worth it. <laughs> cool. Tina knows what I'm talking about. I hear her laughing. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. And even though that film has been out for a long time, that's a movie that I still don't really want to spoil anything for how the, how, how the ending works because it's just so, oh, it's just so satisfying for so many different reasons. So uh, anything else? Uh, that's, that's about it. All right. Very, very cool. Uh, Rosetta, what you been watching? Yeah. What you been watching? Oh. Not a lot because of everything I've been dealing with, honestly, mm-hmm. and travel and stuff. And it's been more just actually out interacting when I actually can get up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, I just haven't had time to watch anything really. Okay. So not just like laying in bed, watching some stuff while you're there? Well, the thing is, when I'm resting, half the time I'm trying to interact with and work on this community. And, mm. but yeah, I mean, uh, just over a week ago was meeting up with Connors and having lunch with him and doing travels then and then night and everything else. So I just haven't really watched much. <laughs> okay. Uh, so nothing in the past month. Cause it's been about a month since our last stream. I've had six trips in the last month. That's right. You were, you were out in the wilderness <laughs> for a while. How was that? Let us know how that I'll, was. That was pretty good overall. Good. Uh, it was really good doing stuff for my parents for their anniversary. And mm-hmm. then I wanted to smack my brother upside the head as he sat there on my birthday telling me how much he hates the fandom. Oh, oh. no. Yeah. yeah. That's not fun. <laughs> I just rolled my eyes at him. Yeah. Did you get a lot and, of really nice pictures, though? Yeah, I had some fun out there. And I got some down in Kansas City at the zoo and stuff recently here, too. And. Some of the mountains up in Wisconsin while I was seeing Tom and all that. So I've actually had a lot of positive with that. Good. All right. That's awesome. Tina, I know you've, yes. been, I know you've been watching something. <laughs> I had to go back through my letterbox and I was like, 
whole oh wow i've watched a lot of stuff past month by the way i recently because of you uh started to use pluto tv and i actually got i got i got my mom set up with her account and she's like obsessed with it now because she's like there's always something on and it's all the channels being curated and everything it's great oh yeah it's i mean i can sit there and watch mst3k (laughs) 24 7 yeah. you know even though i've seen the movie a hundred times it's like i don't care i love it i yeah. love it uh just real quick i rewatched two towers and return of the king because frankly i need some oh. great movies mm-hmm. um yeah i've kind of been all over the place uh a lot of them were on tv so i would just look at them again uh they ran two of the hobbit movies and i realized the behind the scenes drama on the whole making of the Hobbit trilogy, which is which was supposed to be two movies, is more interesting than the movies themselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> I believe um, that. Having seen it, I believe that. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, oh, somebody mentioned Mandel's The Hands of Fate. I love that movie. The Master doesn't want. No, the Master will not let you stay here tonight. The Master wouldn't like that. If anybody's seen Mandel, they'll know what I'm talking about. I actually haven't seen it, so. That's something I think I would want to watch it. The Mystery Science 3000 version. Yeah, definitely. And let's see. Um, I saw a Joan Crawford movie Mm. that I'd never seen before. It's called A Woman's Face. And she actually spends part of the movie with half of her features uh, disfigured. Huh. Interesting. And that was, it was, she wasn't in the glamour girl mode Mm. as usual. Uh, I saw a movie called Life at Stake. It was a film noir about a architect who has an insurance policy taken out on him and then he's worried that they're trying to kill him and Angela Lansbury was in it and if you saw her you would never think oh my goodness she was in Murder She Wrote because she's very um, very sexy in it. There was one scene where she's wearing a swimsuit and her maid tells the architect uh, you might want to announce yourself as you go around to the pool because sometimes she likes to swim in the nude. Really? Angela Lansbury I, was a babe, you say? She was, yes. That's just like, uh, oh, shoot. I can't think of her name. She was in uh, oh, Poseidon Adventure. And, of course, she was older and much heavier then. But if you see her in A Place in the Sun with Elizabeth Taylor and Montgomery Cliff and she she is so Shelly Winters. Okay. She was so beautiful then. And I mean, just a doll. And so when you see these women, of course, you're thinking of them in their, their older versions. Then you see them like back in the forties and the fifties. And you're like, I, I can't even believe that. <laughs> <laughs> but that was pretty, that was pretty good. That was just one was like 90 minutes and I knocked it out. Okay. Uh, good fellows. Titanic, Shawshank Redemption, Full Metal Jacket, one of my all-time favorite war movies. And uh, the more recent releases, I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood twice. Twice, Uh, yeah. Yes, I had rented it. And I was like, okay, I got 48 hours. So I looked at it, and I was like, okay, I need to look at this again. And yes, Brandy for Dog of the Year. Yes. (laughs) Brandy is such a good doggo. Brandy was a great dog. So <laughs> I I really did enjoy it because um, the one thing, the only thing I had an issue with, and now I kind of understand why the family of Bruce Lee was upset, was that mm. I, 
I didn't like the way they portrayed him, and I'm not not sure if that's what he was like in reality. I get the impression he wasn't. I know what Tarantino was going for, but I can see where Bruce's family was upset by that. Yeah, for those that don't know, there there's a portrayal of Bruce Lee, and it's very over the top, but I think that's the reason why I'm okay with it, because yeah, it's a yeah. performance, right? It's not meant to be, this is historically what he was like. It's, here's a lot of the stories we heard about him put into form by an actor basically yes yes so i mean i hearing a lot of those tv shows being mentioned and seeing like the cameos of like when they were at the and this is not a spoiler when they were at the playboy mansion and Mm. you see steve mcqueen and steve mcqueen is just like there's a man's man (laughs) and uh i was already thinking about the great escape and then of course there's that moment in there where Leonardo's character is like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I really wasn't up for the great escape or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, that now I've got to see the great escape again because I <laughs> love that movie. <laughs> That's what but, I love about the film is because it just makes you love movies. Yes, it just makes absolutely. you love cinema. And it's uh, Tarantino always is just really great at those love letter type films. Yeah. And it's basically a love letter to uh, – to Hollywood, which you wouldn't think you would want to see in modern day Hollywood, but because it's talking about, I guess, different times, but also it's focusing on very specific events. And the great part, of course, it's not political, which is so refreshing because it's just, it's always great to have. And also, of course, that ending is just, again, so satisfying for so many reasons. For so many reasons. reasons. And I had studied the Manson family before I even went into law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And because it's just one of those things, there are like some murders that just kind of, they just transcend time like Jack the Ripper. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. still talking about him over a hundred years later. And so you had the Manson case. I read Helter Skelter. I I told, uh, I think it was Stephanie or another friend, I was telling them, when you read Helter Skelter, they have the crime scene photos, but they're whited out. I actually saw the crime scene photos Mm. when I was in a homicide class and (laughs) that really hit home with me. Mm -hmm. So the only other movie other than once upon a time, I saw Brightburn and I couldn't even finish it. I just really, it, no, it just, it left me flat. It was just, I was sitting there. I was, I knew where they were going with it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm just not liking this at all. And and it had nothing to do with performances. The performances were fine. It was just, I I just think it was the whole theme of the movie mm-hmm. was just kind of, it just wasn't setting right with me. So of all the movies I saw, that was the only one, like I said, nothing wrong with the performances or anything. It was just, I just don't think it was my kind of movie. It was very predictable. That That's a fact. It yes. is very predictable. You know where it's going. You know exactly what kind of film it's going to be. Uh, I think the reason why I liked it so much is because it was just so different. Because you expect it to go, because you've heard the story from the other side so yes. often. Yes. And I, I liked it because it's taking the same story with the same beats, only now it's flipped it on its head. And so yeah, if you don't exactly. if you don't like films that are predictable, I think that that's obviously something that is definitely uh, something that will hold that film back. But if you like right. films that are different and take things from a different perspective, then 
uh, that could be your jam. But I can understand why people wouldn't like it. Yeah, and it was kind of funny because I saw an episode of Rick and Morty from their recent season, and I was like, oh, gee, kind of like Brightburn, where he's just kind of going out of control here as well. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's it. That was it. Okay. So. All right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I just listed off hours and hours worth of content, and uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always awesome, though. Always awesome. And always thank you so much for, for sharing all that stuff with us. And as I said, it is it is 2020 and I have yet to see that YouTube channel, Tina. <laughs> and I'm not letting that go. I'm telling you, you and Greta, y'all get together on a movie history channel. I'll watch it. I'm still thinking about it. Okay. <laughs> we'll think about it a little harder. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, shout out to the chat. I am reading the comments in the chat, but obviously my focus is going to be on my chosen today. But let's just jump in there for a second. Um, let's see. Alex McCarthy, we already made fun of you for your terrible opinions on things. Yeah, um, that's always fun to do. It's always fun to do. It's always fun. To, just like it's always fun to make fun of my lack of uh, 80s knowledge. Um, let's that's see. such a wide breadth of an area to make fun of. And it's so easy. And it's so easy. So easy. Uh, Geeky so Candy easy. is in the chat. What's going on, Geeky Candy? How are you doing today? Hope you're doing well, having fun in Vegas. Uh, U.S. Dutch Kitty is in the chat as well. How is it going, U.S. Dutch Kitty? Glad to see you in the chat also. Uh, Alice McCarthy says, I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, hey, there's there's one good movie <laughs> that we can check off that you actually enjoy. It's good to hear. Uh, he says that he hears that Tarantino is thinking about making Bounty Law into a miniseries. I would be oh. down for that. That could be cool. I would watch that. I would too. Absolutely. And I think that it would work best, though, not as – I think it would be cool to have not just the series itself, but to have it be where it's like maybe half an episode and then the other half is like the behind the scenes of the actors talking to each other. Because let me be honest. If Tarantino's writing it, I can watch Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio talk to each other, like, for hours. Mm-hmm. Which is what yeah. you do in the movie, basically, because they're talking in a car for a very long time. <laughs> but it's great. It's so well done. Uh, Genesis says that he, that they want to hug my dogs. Yes, my dogs are, are cuddling up next to each other right now Aww. on the couch, on the uh, uh, chair, I guess you could say. And, uh, yeah. Uh, one, of course, is asleep. One is awake. I'll let you take a guess. A wild guess about which one's asleep and which one's awake, because, um, yeah. Well, they, I just turned around and, and Willow's eyes just opened bloodshot, like, right? Are you talking? Are you talking about me? <laughs> oh, but yes. Oh. Uh, always want to hug them. Uh, Keely Chow says, thank you. I don't know what for, but you're welcome. Uh, Slicer Neon says, still want a car video. Car video with Steph, Tina, Greta called Ride of the Valkyrie. Hey. <laughs> We can try and make that happen. We can try and make that happen. Uh, and then Genesis says, I love animals more than people. Hey, I can understand that sentiment. Because animals definitely uh, are less likely to let you down. Yeah, much less likely to let you down. Much less I, likely. I say as I've got a cat climbing on my head. <laughs> I'm Which not kidding. exactly what cats should be doing. <laughs> is climbing on our heads. <laughs> All right, so... Getting yeah. into getting into some topics, uh, we'll talk a little bit about since it's somewhat new news. One could say uh, Captain Marvel two has now been officially announced, and they are starting the yeah. pre production phase for that film. And I know everyone on this yeah. channel is so excited 
is so excited for Captain Marvel 2. Uh, but the big news story, of course, is the fact that they have now come out of their way to say that they are intending to try and find an all-female creative team. So a female oh, director, Lord. female writer, etc. Not that they are trying to look for the best candidates, but that they are just looking for people of a certain gender. Of why hire somebody on talent? We could hire them for their vagina. I know, right? That seems to be oh. the direction they're going in. And what's amazing to me is that if they were to do the same thing, only flip the genders, you would never hear the end of it. Oh, God. You would never hear the end of it saying, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they're keeping men from being or, or women from being a part of that set. Again, if you flip the roles there, definitely uh, would would not be as good. So, Tina, what are your thoughts about that? Oh, dear. Well, having not seen Captain Marvel <clears throat> number one, have no plans to see Captain Marvel 2, and they can fill it up with, with as many women as they want. I am I'm so fed up with this whole thing like, oh, we only started seeing women in the movie since What's-Her-Face won her Oscar, uh, whatever her name is. Brie um, Yeah, her. Yeah. Um, you don't You don't like Captain Marvel? I have I have the doll up right now. <laughs> no, I know that makes me probably a closet oh. misogynist. Or that something. doll is hideous. Put it down. You're gonna give us all nightmares. No, I made the I made the dogs excited, so they're now. Uh, Let them eat it. Let them eat the River, doll. Live on air. River is chewing on the arm right now. But I can't. I can't let them have. I can't let them. I can't let them have free reign because it has these little. Uh, uh, like uh, uh, little balls that are filling inside of it, uh, which would be dangerous to the dogs, and uh, not not worth the life and health of my pups. No, she's not worth anything. No, I mean, she's not. <laughs> They're both sitting down at me like, um, yes, that's a toy that we want to tear apart. Can we please tear it apart now? And I'm like, sadly, I can't. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, pups. I wish I could. But anyway, Tina, please continue. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I'm really tired of these people thinking that women haven't been in movies until, yeah, Brie won her Oscar, or that they've never directed, they've never produced, that they've never written a movie. Mm-hmm. I just started, uh, I someone gave me this biography a few years ago, and I decided, oh, I'm going to go ahead and start it. It's about Cecil B. DeMille, who Mm. is one of my favorite directors. And the part I'm in now is like his early years in Hollywood. And that was when Hollywood still had orange trees and everything. And um, the women that were getting involved in the industry at the time, uh, Gene McPherson, who started out as a director, I mean, very minor director. Mm-hmm. And she and DeMille butted heads a little bit because they were both trying to film in the same area. Ah. Uh, she ended up working for DeMille as one of his screenwriters on many of his movies, including his silent version of the Ten Commandments. Uh, but you had women that were very powerful in Hollywood at the time. I haven't gotten to it yet, but uh, uh, Gloria Swanson was one of the highest paid and most powerful women in Hollywood. And she worked for DeMille, made a number of movies with him where he was pushing women to the forefront Mm -hmm. of his movies to say not, oh, this is a strong woman, but just I'm going to give you all this great character and I think you're going to love her. Mm -hmm. And it just happens to be a woman. Yeah. Uh, Geraldine Farrar, who was uh, an opera singer 
He put her in Carmen, and he also put her in his version of a Joan of Arc movie in the silent era. So I'm so tired of this. Oh, we're going to have women make, make uh, we're going to have all women production crew and all this nonsense. They made the, the movie called The Women back in, I think, 1938 or 1939 that had an all-female cast. So I wish these people would just come down off their high horses. Yeah. It's amazing that they they pretend like this stuff has never happened. They pretend like exactly. we're somehow in an era where that is just impossible, and it's just simply not true. And as you just mentioned, several examples of strong women in Hollywood have been around for a very long time in Hollywood. And, and, and we absolutely can fi- yeah. can we find examples of of some men Ooh. taking advantage of their position? Absolutely, but I mean you can. Yeah. But I mean that is something that does not necessarily prove the point that women have not ever had power in Hollywood before. Well, see, and the thing is, one of the women that, one of the people that had the most influence on what became a lot of production companies and film companies and stuff for a long time was Lucille Ball. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. She was a communist, you know. Yeah. (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. (laughs) I know. I know she was one of the ones that was outed in McCarthy. <laughs> oh, the Red Scare. Good times. I just, I just roll my eyes at that. but And she was influential to the point where she was more cared about than her husband and other people mm-hmm. back in the 40s. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If anyone's going to honestly say that in the show I Love Lucy, that the show is not starred by Lucille Ball, but is starred by Desi Arnett. Like, I'm sorry. No matter what way you ever could look at that show, it's obvious that Lucille Ball is the central point of that. And mm-hmm. yeah, people do forget. Someone mentioned in the chat. People forget how powerful she was in Hollywood. She was extremely oh, powerful. Yes. And guess what? She got there by her own merit. She got there mm-hmm. because she was funny, because she worked her tail off. She literally did all of the work and she did it all on her own, basically. And she also recognized, though, that she needed to rely on other people, too. She was not afraid to rely on her husband. And that is something that I think has been demonized so much by modern-day culture. You know, standard relationships have been demonized so much. And she was a family woman, too. Guess what, everybody? Speaking to you, Michelle Williams, especially after your despicable Golden Globe speech, talk about a woman that had a career and a family. A career and a family. Guess what? Both are possible. It all depends on what you put into it sorry uh, i had to get off my high horse for a little oh, I, i'm on that high horse with you. That <laughs> blames me in so many freaking ways i'm trying not to swear on your channel here yeah. right now yeah um but this is just this is it they always try to say well you got to be a strong woman you got to be a strong woman guess what um is there anybody more mouthy or strong-willed or opinionated really around you than me honestly odin and yeah. i'm a happily kept woman <laughs> so it's possible <laughs> Mr. Roy, Mr. Roy, what are your thoughts? I love your face when I asked you that. You're just like, um, do I have to really answer this? <laughs> it's like we all know the answer. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Roy, what are your okay. thoughts on the Captain Marvel news? Uh, to be honest with you, I really don't care. I didn't see Captain Marvel. I don't plan on seeing Captain Marvel too. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, I will sit through it for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually looking at the MCU Phase Four, and I don't really care for any of these movies. Yeah. Nope. Do you think that has a lot to do with the titles and the characters they're focusing on, or more so just how the MCU has been the last few movies? 
Uh, I saw Endgame and didn't like it, so I mean, yeah. I don't see any reason to watch any of these movies. Yeah, and I think Endgame is going to have more of an impact than people think because you know we haven't had that first MCU film post Endgame really yet, and I think once we do, people are going to realize, oh, there's a lot of people that are not a part of this anymore because it was like I think it's a perfect title. It was the Endgame for a lot of people because you don't just invest ten plus years and twenty plus movies into a story arc. And then usually keep on going. Like people are, I think a lot of people are just gonna be like, "I'm tired. I'm done." Yeah, I mean, uh, to go to movie theaters and waste ten bucks to see, I, I don't see myself wasting money on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially for Captain Marvel two, for sure. And and I think that a lot of great points have been made. Is that it's just sad that the focus is being put so much on gender or on race and not just on actual talent. And it just goes and makes you think because obviously the Oscar nominations came out. And once again, a lot of people complain saying, oh, my gosh, Oscar's so white. And it just makes you think. So basically, according to these people, are you saying that we should just nominate people who are not white because of that reason alone? That's not racist at all. Talk about a worthless award. If you're given an award because of your skin or your gender, Mm -hmm. it means nothing. You didn't Mm -hmm. earn it. It's no better than a freaking participation trophy, only is racially or sexually done, so it's actually an insult. Yeah, it absolutely is. people still watch the Oscars? (laughs) (laughs) Sadly, yes. Yeah, sadly, there are. You know, and uh, there are sites that I used to follow. I used to be so into it. You know, there's a site called Gold Derby that I, I watched all the time because they always had betting odds and all this insight knowledge and everything. And then as soon as really around 2016, especially around 2016, it became uber political. It was always political, but it became uber political. I was just, okay, I'm done. There's no need for me to watch this anymore. There, there, it's just, it's not entertaining anymore. And then of course, ever since starting the channel, you know, we, we've started doing things like the Raven Awards, which was so much fun last year. And it, I think it goes to show you, and it makes me realize whenever I look to the ballots uh, that people come up with for, for the Raven Awards, I'm like, man, there are so many films that get ignored. That are so good and yet get no love. Because it has to have their message. It has to send the right message, which is evil white men, evil Christians. Mm-hmm. How dare you be a proud American? Yeah. And I will say that, that there are there are a few categories this year that I think are damn near perfect. But of course, people complain about those categories because there are no women in it. So for Best Director, I thought that all the films that got nominated for Best Director deserve to be there all the directors up there you know deserve it and then of Mm -hmm. course the big thing is oh my gosh i can't believe that greta gerwig didn't get nominated for little women who and it's like oh greta a crap i know greta gerwig because i've been following her for a while because people have been obsessed with her for a while and she's not good she's not talented who needs to watch another remake of little women for crying out (laughs) freaking out i don't even know any girls who want to watch that uh i do uh uh, my students (laughs) so i I teach at a co-ed school and i can't tell you how many classes i went into where they were like have you seen little women yet and i'm like no have no real plans to oh but it's so so good teenage girls still have no taste uh maybe Maybe, and that's not it. That I, I will, I will hold off on that because I love my students, and I will not question. I, I will say that happily. Teenage girls don't have taste. They didn't when I was one. They just still don't. All right. Well, I love my students. So if any of my students are watching this or listening to this, hey, your opinions. Just blame me. <laughs> your opinions and, matter. And Martha was saying, I said, she says, I hated the June Allison version. This new one sounds worse. Yeah, I. Mm. 
I've seen the June Allison one. I've seen the Catherine Hepburn one. Uh, the one with uh, Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. I just, I, Odin, I think I was telling you and Stephanie that when I was in school and they said, oh, you have a choice if you can read different, whatever book you want to read. And my teacher kept saying, oh, Tina, I think you really enjoy uh, uh, Little Women. And I said, no, I want to read Dracula. And she was like, you want, you mean Bram Stoker's Dracula? I was like, yeah, I want to read Dracula. I don't want to read Little Women. That sounds boring. <laughs> and and I had seen, I had at that time, I had seen the Catherine Hepburn per- version when it was mm. on TV. And it was like, I, I mean, I understand where it's coming from. You've got these girls and their mom, and they're trying to live through the Civil War. And my Civil War movie is Gone with the Wind. I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> well, there's toxic masculinity in that. So we can't, we can't recommend that film. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Red is so toxic. Oh my gosh! Now I, I, I'm more with her than I am the other. I was always interested in mythology and dark fairy tales and thrillers and whodunits and stuff like that. I was never into all this frilly girly stuff. What the crap? Mm, because you said that word whodunits, uh, you're going to see Knives Out by Ryan Johnson at any point? No, because he can go. I'm, I'm on your channel. I'm going to stop now. I must say, I heard you. I was like, I was like, oh, she's going there. She's going there. Oh, okay, she she held off. Good. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I actually, yeah. Speaking of that film, not that good. Very overhyped, I would say. But I can't deny it is a box office hit. There's no, there's no denying that it's made. Yeah. It's made a lot of money. And uh, there's a lot of crap that's made a lot of money. Yeah, that is true. Look however, I mean, <laughs> however, one point I will make is that Ryan Johnson, if you need to make small little indie films like this to make money, please. Continue to do so. Make as many whodunits as you want. Just stay away from Star Wars, please. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's all that we need. That's all that we ask. Uh, but anyone else want to talk about the Captain Marvel stuff? Rosetta, I know that you had jumped in a little bit earlier. Uh, anything else you want to add into it? I, yeah, I jumped in because it rages me. With oh, it. for sure. Oh, we yeah. want to hire people just for their parts. Mm-hmm. Really? Really? You can't look for talent or ability or skill intelligence no you just have to go straight for what's in their pants what's on their chest really mm-hmm. really yeah and it's kind of going back to that end game moment where somehow some way all the women found themselves oh, on God. the battlefield and everyone's like oh it's an a-force reference and i'm like yeah but it's so contrived and so it's cringe like, all us women we unite just <laughs> all the men to fight off all the other guys on their own if they get killed oh well we're uniting as women <laughs> It remind, I, remind, I remember. <laughs> I remember one of my comments about that moment was, "Do they just expect us to believe that they have some little, you know, contraption within themselves where they can just sense where women are at all times, and that's how they all found themselves on the battlefield together?" I'm not going to add. I'm not going to say anything. Something <laughs> popped into my head, and I was like, "No, don't go there." Is it on the line of chitlins? I'm trying to perhaps? be good. I've already slipped and said too many swear words. Yes, but is it in the same vein as chitlins, Tina? Uh, yeah, kind of. Mm, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think I have an idea then. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to lock my mouth down right now. <laughs> uh, but anyone else thoughts before we go to the chat to see what they have to say about this? No, it's just it, I, I. The one thing I'm going to be curious about, mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to play off Captain Marvel two as the. You're going to see this before you see Endgame, but you're not going to be able to figure out what's happening in Endgame. They're not going to be able to use that 
So mm-hmm. they're going to kind of just have to throw Maybell out there on her own with her all-female production crew and cast, and she's going to have to float on her own. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be curious if I'm not throwing in conspiracies. I'm just saying mm-hmm. I'm curious if this movie is going to hit a billion. Yeah, because there's not that excitement of oh, we have to see this. Mm-hmm. In order to understand her part in Endgame. Yeah. And we have time. It doesn't come out till 2022. So it definitely has some time. And I, to be honest, there's a couple of things. I, one would not be surprised if they schedule this film to come out next to another big film because they did it the first time and it worked for them. But I also would not be surprised if this film makes much less than the first one because I think that we can. I hope it makes less too. But I think that we can all agree that the overall fan reaction to the film was not that impressive Mm -mm. i mean uh, the critics obviously you know went gaga for it but audiences overall were very mixed at best were very mixed on it and even people that i am friends with that don't get caught up into a lot of stuff that the phantom menace tends to deal with even they you know asking them for other honest opinions they were like yeah it wasn't my favorite it wasn't my least favorite but it also just was very forgettable and i'm like you know what i think because it is forgettable that that is the reason why yeah. uh, a lot of people are just not going to come back. Because before, first film, right next to Endgame, people yes. were spinning it saying, you have to see this in order to understand Endgame. But also, new character. And so I think some yeah. people were just genuinely interested. You know, normies are going to see that and say, oh, there's a Captain Marvel? Oh, I need to find mm-hmm. out more about this person. Now that they have, and they know mm-hmm. more about the character, I think that's going to keep some of them from spending the money. Because uh, uh, Mr. Roy was saying, you know, are they really going to spend the $10 plus on a ticket to go see it? Yeah, exactly. So uh, I just, I I don't think it's going to make as much as the first one did. And like you all have been saying, they'll probably try to tie it into something, but I like Mr. Roy, what they presented at that phase four, Mm -hmm. I just yawned. There was yeah. nothing there to make me say, "Oh, let me set my money aside so I can I can go see it." There, I, the only one I was kind of maybe vaguely interested in was the Doctor Strange one. Mm-hmm. And now that they've then they just fired the director or the director quit mm-hmm. or whatever, and they were like, "Well, no, it's not going to have this horror aspect to it." So it's like, okay, well, y'all are going to water something down again so the kitties can go see it. You're oh, not. You know, you're not going to maybe step over the line, push the envelope just a little bit so that people can say, oh, Marvel's not this cookie cutter sort of thing. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but yeah, they can do what they want. (laughs) (laughs) And they will. And I think that the box office will will speak for itself. And I have um, a little bit of I kind of only watched a few scenes and got all the reviews I could from people because I didn't want to sit through the whole movie on the first one. Yeah. So I, I learned everything I could without having to watch the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and my brother was trying to defend it and he is, he's ranting about defending it. My 16 year old niece looks at him and goes, yeah, but a lot of my friends hated it because it sucks. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people in that teenage demographic, <laughs> which they rely on for a lot of their cash, were not huge fans of it. Men and, and women. As she said, it was too whiny and feminine based. Yeah. And I'm they're going, I love my niece so much right now. <laughs> I love you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're growing up so fast and so well. I appreciate it. And she is a little me. <laughs> she is so much like me. It's scary for the next generation. <laughs> but it is it is it is good though that we 
have that general consensus that even if you didn't hate the film, that most people, I would argue, are ambivalent towards it, where they just don't care one way or the other about it. And ambivalence leads to box office loss. So we'll have to wait and see. Again, a lot can happen in a few years. Again, 2022 is still a ways away. (laughs) And uh, we'll have to wait and see. But when you look to the fact that any other project that has tried this previously has usually not done well. I think that that also speaks volumes as well. I, I look to how uh, Birds of Prey, for example, which is about to come out, projected to not make a whole lot of money. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they decided